Hi guys, welcome to my Christian identity. This is probably our first live stream and in this particular video, I'll, we will going to talk about how does a Christian loses his or her position in God. So, first of all, I'm gonna state these questions all right have you ever wonder why many of your church friends or church family who are once a faithful servant of the Lord suddenly turn their backs away from God have you also wondered why on our own or on your own Christian walk, you sometimes slip and slip and fall short from God's righteousness? Have you wondered why in spite of being a Christian for so long, why is that you still feel inadequate, guilty, or have no assurance of salvation? Why you still feel so far away from God? And how does a Christian loses his or her position in God? So probably many of us ask ourselves, what is really the problem? Why in spite of being a Christian for 5 years, 6 years, 10 years, there are still those moments wherein suddenly you take off your Christian uniform and you don't feel like doing what Christians should do or must do. So in this video, we were going to talk about what is really our problem. Why? There's still times where in even in spite of being a Christian for so many years, we still feel like we are far away from God. What is really our problem? Well, first and foremost, I want to share John chapter 8. Let's read from John chapter 8, verse 32. John chapter 8, verse, starting from verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So here, Jesus is talking about, or talking to the Jewish believers who followed Jesus. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So in this particular verse, what is the truth that Jesus is talking about here? If we continue in verse 33, they answered him, Maybe Abraham sinned, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou 
Yes, shall be made free. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. So here in John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus is revealing to us the first truth in the Bible that we should know first. And that first truth is that we are sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says that for all have sinned. And when it says for all have sinned, it included every one of us. Every single person in this planet have sinned. And as we continue on that verse, for all have sinned and fall short from the glory of God. Nobody, nobody attained to that standard of glory that God wants for His people. We all fall short from God's glory. And also in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter, 59 verse 1 to 2 behold the lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear verse 2 but your iniquities have separated between you and your god and your sins have hide his face from you that he will not hear so in these verses in this verse says, we all know that sin is the one that separates us from God. Every time that we prayed or we call out to God and we didn't hear answer from the Lord, it is because there is something wrong in our life. And the Bible says that it is that God's hand is not shortened, meaning God can always hear us. But it is our sin who hides us away from God. Remember, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, the Lord asked them, where are you? The Lord asked them, where are they? And Adam answered the Lord in Genesis chapter 3. Let's read from Genesis chapter 3. It says, and they, verse 8, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hide themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hide myself. In that particular verse, it is not the Lord who is hiding from us. In fact, God is always extending his arm. He's always reaching us out from the time of Adam to the time of Israel and even unto the time that he gave or he sent Jesus to come into the world. God is always reaching us out. But because of our sins, we are hiding ourselves from God because a person who is guilty of sin cannot stand the glory of the Lord. That's why in chapter 3 of Genesis, 
Adam said, I am naked, said. Adam said, Because I was naked, I hide myself. I was afraid because I was naked and I hide myself. That is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Meaning, Adam also know that his life is exposed before God. God knows our heart. God knows our thoughts. He knows everything. Even a even, even the contents of our hearts, God knows. So since our life is exposed before God, every time we commit something wrong, we cannot come to God because we know that we are guilty. And because of that guilt feeling, we cannot approach the throne of God with confidence. That is in contrary on what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read Hebrews chapter. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, the order of the Hebrews is talking about Jesus serving as our high priest, who mid, our high priest forever, who mediates, man, who, mid, who mediates between man and God. Now, Jesus, we all know that Jesus' life is a life without sin. And because Jesus is without sin, he can approach the throne of God with confidence. Now, the other Hebrews is talking about if we also have a life that is sinless, we can also, if we also have a life that is sinless like Jesus, we can also approach the throne of God's grace with confidence. Now, In this particular standpoint, we now know that the main problem of man is sin. And that and because of this sin, Jesus came down from heaven to earth. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the main reason why Jesus came from heaven to earth is to save us from sin. That is the main reason why Jesus came from heaven to earth. Now, if Jesus died for our sins, meaning as we come to believe in Jesus, we must also deal the sins for every single sins in our life. Because that is the reason why Jesus came to save us from sins. And if there is still a single sin being left behind in our life, it is all it only means 
that our life is still not same. So now, we go back to the main topic of this episode. Stages on how a Christian loses his position before God. Our discussion will came from Genesis chapter 4. It is the story of the two siblings, Cain and Abel. They are the first children of Adam and Eve right after they were being drove out by God from the Garden of Eden after the fall of man when they committed sin against God. Now let us read from verse 1. It says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So meaning, the meaning of Cain's name is, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So what does it imply? We all know that Adam and Eve is the first ever believer of God in the planet. And when they first have, when they finally have children of their own, Adam dedicated his first child to the Lord. That's why Cain's name means I have gotten a man from the Lord. Meaning Cain is a dedicated child. So we are talking here about a man who came from a Christian family who knows God and also claimed himself as a believer of God. Verse 2, And she again bare his brother, Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So here, after Cain was born, Adam and Eve got also another child, and they named him Abel, and Abel was a shepherd, while Cain was a farmer. In verse 3, And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought off the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4, And Abel, he also brought off, he also brought off firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord has, has the Lord had respected unto Abel and to his offering. Verse 5, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So here in verse 4 and 5, we see here, or from verse 3, verse 3 to 5, we see here that both Cain and Abel, because they both believe God, they offer sacrifices to the Lord together. Cain offered fruits that he had harvested, while Abel brought forth the first links of his flocks, meaning the best of the best of his cattle, of his livestock. And because of that, because Abel brought forth the best of the best 
of his flocks, the Lord respected Abel's offering. However, it says that he did not respect Cain's offering. Why? Why did God did not respect Cain's offering? If we continue, so here in ver if we go back to verse verse three, it only said that Cain brought off the fruit of the ground, the fruit of the ground. But, but on verse 5, it is said also in the Bible that Abel brought forth the firstlings. So the key word there is the firstlings. Meaning the difference between Cain and Abel's offering is the firstlings. Probably, Cain only brought forth to the Lord. Those fruits, though seemingly good, seemingly good to the eyes, but they are just the excess of Cain's harvest. Meaning, Cain only bring to the Lord those harvests that he also rejected, that he already rejected in his life. Meaning, Cain Cain did not give his best offering to the Lord. In contrast to his brother Abel, Abel gave the firstlings, the best of the best, the first and foremost of his flocks. So because of that, the Lord rejected Cain's offering while he respected Abel's offering. If you go to Romans chapter 12 verse 1, we know that our offering in the new covenant is our life. Let's read Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, or reasonable act of worship. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Because Abel gave the best of his flocks to the Lord, it only means that the Lord is the number one in Abel's life, and he is seeking God's. He he is seeking for the favor of God first. Well, well, Cain, on the other hand, bring only to the Lord what is spare of his harvest in connection to our life today in your christian walk remember we are talking here about a person who has a good relationship who are supposedly christians and know god and supposedly have a good relationship with the lord as yourselves in your life 
Do you seek God first in your everyday life? Or are you only giving your spare time, spare moments to the Lord? The Bible clearly says that the sacrifices that God wants is not the sacrifices of animals in the new covenant. God wants the sacrifices of our life to give our life to God. And giving our life to God means seeking God first in our life. If we only give the things that we do not want to the Lord, obviously God will not respect our offering. God wants to be the number one in our life. We should always remember that if God is our God, if God is the first in our life, we will give Him most of our time, most of our effort, most of our resources, and everything that we have, we use it to glorify the Lord. However, if we do not do that, if we spend most of our time on other things that is not of God, then God will not also respect our life as a Christian. It is so easy to claim that you are a Christian by name, but a true Christian will worship God in spirit and in truth. So here, the first stage, how a Christian loses his position on God, first, when we do not offer our life wholeheartedly to the Lord. That is the first stage. If we do not seek God first, God will not recognize our offering. If we continue, chapter 4, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wrought? And why is thy countenance fallen? Verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, seeing lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, this is the second page. This is the second stage. In verse 6, the Lord questioned, Why Cain get angry to the Lord? Because God did not respect his offering. And in verse 7, the Lord said that if Cain did well, his offering would be accepted. But because he did not do what is right, or he did not do the right thing, sin is waiting at his door, and it waits to trap him. Meaning, because corruption, continue again from Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, the Lord said, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. This is now the second stage. If we as we recap, the second, in the first stage, we know that the first stage was 
A Christian is not is not doing what or the a Christian is not seeking God first in his or her life. That was the first stage. And we know that if we do not seek God first, God will not recognize our offering. Now, the second stage. In verse 7, Meaning, because we do not seek God first in our life, we made a leak in our life that who opens a hole for sin to enter. This sin waits to entrap us unless we fought against its desire. So what does that mean? Meaning, as we do not do what is right before God, as we do not do what is right before the Lord, the enemy saw a leakage in our life. Remember, Satan do not know what is in our heart. Satan do not know what is in our mind. He cannot read our hearts. He cannot read our mind. But because we let him see something in us that he can possibly use against us, then that is when the enemy got a foothold over our life in the forms of temptation. And if we go to James chapter 1, verse 13, James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when last had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Remember how Eve committed sin before God. She saw, in if we go back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Eve answered, the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 3, Eve let Satan see her desire to eat the fruit of the knowledge of the tree and of good and evil by saying this. Verse 3, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. In this particular conversation of Eve with the serpent, Eve is showing the serpent her displease that God didn't allow them to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of that, 
Satan saw an opportunity by saying, Ya shall not surely die, in verse 4, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. God, I, Satan, or the serpent, let Eve believe that God has a hidden agenda while why he didn't allow them to eat the, knowledge, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. The serpent make Eve believe that it is because God is afraid that they will become powerful like God himself. But we all know that that is a lie. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 1, God said that let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, meaning when God created us, He also gave us the same attributes as He is. And God gave us a full authority to manage His own creation, to have dominion over all creation. But because Eve let the serpent saw her weakness that he desired, the fruit that seems good to his to her eyes, Satan saw an opportunity to tempt her, and that became a snare to her and her husband. We also know if we go back to the history of Israel, God wants Israel to drove out all the inhabitants of the promised land, all the inhabitants of Canaan. But when the Israelites did not drove out, all the inhabitants of Canaan, it became a snare to them. Why? How it became a snare to them? Those inhabitants have their own gods, have their own idols, and it became a threat to the faith of Israel to our God. So, if we go back to James chapter 1, James is telling us that we cannot blame God if we are being tempted because the only one who tempted ourselves is our own selves. We let Satan have a foothold in our life by showing the enemy our desires, our loss of the flesh. And because of that very reason, because of that very reason, it became a snare also to our faith. That is the reason why we keep on being tempted on the same things over and over. If the source of your temptation, let's say, is pornography, it's because you let the enemy see in your life that you are being weakened by that particular thing. And he will use that over and over to tempt you. And it became a snare to your life. So that is the second stage. When our desires became a temptation to our lives after we do not do what is right before God. The third thing here is third time, my laptop um, got drained in battery. But anyway, we're going to continue. We now know that the 
that the second stage is when we are being tempted by our own weakness because we do not do what is right before God and we didn't seek God first in our lives. Now, let's find out the third stage. In chapter 3 or chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 8, and Cain talked with Abel. This is Cain's response of God's rebuke on his mistakes or on his reaction about God's response to his offering before the Lord. This is Cain's response. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. So in this particular verse, this is what happened. In spite of the Lord explaining Cain what really happened, why God didn't respect his offering. Cain gave in to temptation and killed Abel, thus committed sin. And if we go back again to James chapter 1, James chapter 1, verse 3, verse 15, Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, after temptation happens, the third stage is when a Christian fell on their temptation, fell, fell on the snare of temptation and committed sin against the Lord. Now, in verse 9, And the Lord said unto Cain, I know not, I, sorry, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? So here in verse 9, we saw that the Lord still give Cain a chance to repent. But he denied his sin instead of confessing his sin before God and asking for God's forgiveness for killing his brother. Cain did not repent but denied his sin before the Lord. But we know that as Adam and Eve is as Adam and Eve are naked before God, our life is also exposed before God. God knows our hearts, God knows our thoughts, God knows our deeds, and God knows what is going on in our life. So we cannot we cannot hide anything from the Lord. That is the reason why on time of Acts Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, why did they lie to the Holy Spirit? God knows our thoughts, so we cannot, we cannot hide anything from God. God is only waiting for us to confess our sins, but it doesn't mean that God did not know our sins. Lying to the Holy Spirit means, like, lying on the Holy Spirit is like this. We are not confessing to God the thing that God already knows. That is lying to the Holy Spirit. And here, in this particular 
scenario, Cain still denied his sin before the Lord. So same way, when if by chance we fall short, God's last throw is to convict us from our sin and compels us to repent. If we repent, God will forgive us. Else, God will judge us. And remember, when King David committed sin against God when he killed Uriah, and on his plot, and, on, and when he was killing Uriah, he caused also to kill most of his valiant men in battle. And after killing Uriah and those valiant men as a collateral damage, King David, King David took Bathsheba as his wife. And we all know that before that happens, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. So God, con God rebuked David by sending, the, by sending prophet Nathan to expose David of his sin. And what David's response? He repented wholeheartedly before God and he asked for God's forgiveness. However, if we compare that to King Saul's life, when Saul offered an authorized sacrifice before God and Samuel rebuked Saul, Saul did not repent. And because of that consequence, and because of that, the consequence is the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. So here in this particular topic, the fourth stage on how a Christian loses his position before God is this. After committing sin, he did not repent before God. Remember, as I said, the last straw of God is when he rebuked us, we will repent. But here, Cain did not repent before God. And what happened after that? In verse 10, the Lord accounts Cain's sin when he said, And what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And here is the judgment of the Lord. If we go on reading verse 11 to 15, I will enumerate the Lord's judgment to Cain. Number one, God curse Cain's blessing. Verse 11, And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Verse 12, When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. Remember, Cain was a farmer. The Lord cursed the ground which bring forth blessing to Cain's life. So God cursed Cain's blessing. Number two, God drive him away from his presence. And number three, God gave him a mark of condemnation. What mark of condemnation? God gave him a mark of a murderer. What's, what does that mean? Even though he is still physically alive, for God, Cain is already dead and condemned forever. And if we go back again to James chapter 1, verse 15. James chapter 1, verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. 
and sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. And we all know that the death that is being referred to in the Bible is not physical death of man, but it is an eternal death of our soul. And that eternal death is a is an eternal separation or being eternally far away from God. It is an eternal separation away from God. So that is the death here. Even though Cain is still physically alive on earth, God will no longer acknowledge his life. He is already dead before God and condemned forever. Then after that, in verse 25 to 26, this, this is the last And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then in verse 26, I want to emphasize this. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So meaning, remember, when we when we come to know God, the first time we come to know God, we start a covenant with God and we are being accepted or being adopted in God's family. We have a very special position in God. Because in the New Covenant, we are the kingdom of priests. We have a special position before God as God's son or as God's sons and daughters, as God's children. We are considered as the brother of Christ, being Christ as, our, as the firstborn of God. We have a special position before God. And as we come... To know God, we are also being clothed in Christ, meaning we are protected by God's presence. We are being protected by the Spirit of the Lord as we are being clothed in Christ. However, when we start by our own will to not do to do what is not right before the Lord we give satan a foothold in our life and that foothold give room to temptation in our life and when we are being succumbed on when or when our life is being succumbed by temptation and when we fall short and committed sin before the lord the last straw of god is to convict us on our sin remember how jesus exposes the sin of the samaritan woman by letting her know that she had no husband because she had a sexual relationship among five men, God convicted her, or, or Jesus exposes her on her scene or, or, or on her personal standing before God that she is a sinner. And after that, Jesus said to her, sin no more. So that is how God is convicting us on our sin. He will expose our life before Him. He will let us see the condition of our life before Him. That we are sinners and we have to repent on our sins so that God will finally work 
on our lives. But if we do not repent, this is what happened in verse 25 and 26 of Genesis chapter 4. God raised another son, which is Seth, in, as a replacement or in place of Cain and Abel. So, in, con in connection to our life, if we do not go back to God, and if we do not repent to God, God will also raise up again another man to replace us in the book of life. That is what going to happen. God is a God of love, and His love is an open invitation to everyone, every single person. However, what we do not emphasize is that God is also a God of justice. Meaning, though it is an though the invitation to God's kingdom is open to all, the only one who can enter God's kingdom is the one who will respond correctly to the gospel of God. Those who will say yes to the Lord. And even though we are being called to God's kingdom, if God will find found out that our clothing is not appropriate, meaning, if our life has still a spot of sin, still, as according to the Bible, many are called but only few are chosen. Meaning, even though we are called by God and we, we are claiming that we are already Christians, if we do not fit our lives, to the lifestyle of God's kingdom, then we, God will still not accept us to be part of His kingdom. So now, it's, it is now depends on our choice. What will, what will we choose? Life or death? God or the world? We have to have a clear understanding that Jesus Christ came down from heaven to earth to save us from sin. And while there is still remaining sin in our life, then our life is still not saved. We are still not considered saved. So we have to deal with our sins. We have to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to help us to fight our weaknesses in the flesh. So this is our challenge today. If if we really value the life that God had gave us, if our goal is really to have an assurance of salvation, we have to make this life a life that is fitted to God. We do not fit the word of God to us, but we fit our life to the word of God. That is what righteousness is all about. So I hope, guys, you learned from this lesson. Thank you very much. God bless you.